Action. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of Your Average Critics. Uh, we've got a two-man sesh with me and Chris today, so hello. Um, hello. Sorry we haven't kind of released anything in a while. Um, episode 48 will probably be out by the time this is out, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's just been, we've been busy, so I've been in Barcelona and you've been in Amsterdam. Yeah. So jet setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was it? Yeah, it was a good laugh, good laugh, a lot of drinks. A lot of... Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. drinks. Just drinks, <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, how was yours? Relaxing. I hadn't had a week off working over a year and a half, so it was well deserved, well earned, yeah, and uh, just enough. fucking relaxing. Yeah. But back to the daily grind. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is episode 49, so next week is the big 50 um, that we're getting your suggestions for uh, in terms of what you want us to talk about. Um, we've got a few ideas of our own, but want you to get involved as much as you can. So you can tweet us at Podcast 17 um, with any ideas for topics or films or anything like that, uh, and we will definitely talk about them. Um, so I guess, I don't know, have you got any film news or have you just got straight into the reviews? I don't think I have any film news. No. Apart from the fact that it's just over a week until Infinity War. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, so you've been doing your um, your watch through of all the MCU. Yep. You've got quite far, so just according to what you've written down, you've watched Hulk, Captain America, just the first one? And two, one and two. One and two. Yeah. Uh, the Iron Man trilogy, Thor 1 and 2, Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers. Yeah. So that's pretty good going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How... How have they been on rewatch? They've been a lot. The ones that I didn't like, I found them being a lot better than I remember. So, okay. like for example, I think I went in watching the Hulk. I was thinking, right, this isn't a good film. Watched it and I was like, it's not a bad film. Like they've tried to, you can see how they tried to change it from the other Hulk film where they're like, don't necessarily need the origins of this. We know he's a, a green monster that he hard to handle kind of thing, um, and he's basically just trying to figure out how to cure himself while. This other guy is essentially stockpiling his blood, or we don't know that until later on. But it's quite interesting, and you see that there's a creation of a villain. There's a guy who doesn't necessarily want to be a villain, but then turns into a villain. And the fight scene between Hulk and Abomination is actually quite a good fight scene. And that's what I've realised in these films. There's actually at least one sick fight scene in all of them, and that's kind of like, oh, actually, hmm, is there in four one? Yeah, I suppose you could say in four one there was as well actually, but like so like Hulk, you got the Abomination versus Hulk scene, which is pretty intense. You got Iron Man one. Well, maybe Iron Man one doesn't have one, but Iron Man one's just iconic for itself. Iron Man two, you have the, um, well, you have the him and War Machine against all the robots, and then they go against the Whip guy. I don't even know what you call him. Whiplash. Whiplash. Then the third one, you got all the Iron Men versus the Fire guy. Um. Killian. Killian. Yeah, God, you're better with the names than I am. Um, then you got, obviously, Captain America 1. Is there a fight scene? But anyway, there's iconic scenes in all of them, and it's just like... It yeah. hones in on them and why they're better. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it definitely puts me in a limbo about what my bottom three would be now. It's still, it still probably is Hulk. Um, what else takes the picking on bottom three? I think that's tricky. Um, I think I mean, yeah, because you we rewatched them all before our MC ranking podcast, which yeah. was only six to nine months ago. Yeah. Um. So again, like I guess if you've watched them again within a year and yeah. you're picking out different things about them, then I don't know whether that shows that you're. I'm concentrating a bit more this time. I think around yeah. trying to pick out bits and pieces, but like. 
How do I put it? Um, well, we I are going to do I, another re ranking. I'm, I'm, I'm a, almost of the opinion, and people probably hate me if they listen to this podcast. I'm of the opinion that maybe Doctor Strange is in the bottom three. That's a good because point. Because. I actually forgot about that Doctor film. Doctor Strange really <laughs> isn't that good. No, it's not. And I think it's like. It's one of these films where it's playing catch up again. Like, Doctor Strange should have been here already. Like, maybe in the background. Because they've done a massive time frame in the, in the Doctor Strange film, haven't they? Like, he loses the use of his hands and he's actually in training for a lot longer than I assume we, we know of. And that's all happening in the background of while all these films are taking place, aren't they? Yeah, true. And then suddenly he's all-powerful. I read a theory the other day, like, Doctor Strange got so much more powerful while he was doing that, like, time loop thing. I'm not really sure how, but... Because that lasted eternity, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, Dormammu. yeah. So... Do you think that's going to be the case with Captain Marvel? Because Captain Marvel's set in the 90s. So, essentially... I mean, I don't know what the plot of Captain Marvel will be, but you assume that by the end of the film, she is Captain Marvel oh. and she has her superpowers. So you think, well, where has she been for the entire length of the MCU? Hmm, that's a good point, actually. Maybe she, maybe she's been in space or her own planet. I don't know how she gets her powers. Yeah. It looks like she's an astronaut of some kind. I think she's a fighter pilot. Yeah, and then yeah. she must somehow get powers, which looks like they match that of Superman, but if you've ever... No, I've never heard anyone say Mar- Miss Marvel versus Superman, or Captain Marvel versus Superman, even. No. So, I don't know. I mean, it looks like they're trying to they're trying to push the frontrunners to be Black Panther, Doctor Strange, and I assume they're going to say Captain Marvel as well. Um, so what was the most surprising film? I know you haven't re- re-watched all of them yet, but... Of the ones that you have, which was the most surprising? Captain America 2. Because I remember when I first watched it, I was like, it's good, but it's not as good as I remember. But the hand-to-hand combat scene in that film was actually sick. All of them, they're like... Like, hand actions, like, ducking out of knife attacks and stuff. And, like, it does hit, like... It didn't hit me in the fields, but I could see why it hits people in the fields. Like, it's this, like, budding friendship where one person at one point wanted to give up on life not give up on life but give up on everything and the other person Bucky was like don't do that I'm here for you and then it's like the reverse but obviously Bucky remembers little to nothing um, only only thing I found stupid about Captain uh, this that film was the um, that little uh, Switzerland scientist guy uh, being in the computer I was just like really but I think that does happen in the comics doesn't uh, it maybe I wouldn't know yeah. personally but um yeah, and the fact that they disbanded Shield. I mean, what's that? That do you know what? It almost makes Civil War stupid. Now I think about it. Why? So at the end of Captain America two, they release all the information that Shield has to the general public. So this whole debate of should we keep our identity secret or? or not, or the government should know everything about us, or not, by signing this document, don't they already know everyone? But isn't the the accords in Civil War about regulating the superheroes rather than revealing their identities? Because if there isn't any, there aren't really any superheroes that have hidden identities, because people know who Iron Man is, yeah. they know it's Tony Stark, like, Thor is just Thor, he doesn't, you know, so mm. it's not as, it's not like with the mutants or whatever and I think that's a plot from X-Men isn't yeah. it uh, it's not about I don't think it's about hiding who they are it's about whether they should be able to go and fight crime on their own terms or whether bless you thank you or whether it should 
be based on when the government regulate it and say, no, we need you to go here, we need you to go here. I think that's what the point of Maybe, the yeah. Sokovia Accords were in Civil War. That's what I mean, I need to rewatch it, but like, yeah. I mean, how. So Iron Man 3 went up in your estimation? Two. I haven't watched three yet. Oh. Iron Man 3, sorry, yeah, Iron Man 3, yeah, yeah, I have. Iron Man 3, yeah, um... Because I remember I put it fairly highly on my ranking, and I, you and Obi both see, put it See, whether well. I change my rankings is is questionable, because I think after re-watching some films, I'd probably knock Doctor Strange by foot. I don't know what I had it, but it'd probably go way down there. Um, it's still probably order for me, Iron Man 1, 2, 3 for me, in terms of what's the best or worst. Um, doesn't necessarily mean Iron Man 3 was bad, but it doesn't, um... Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean Iron Man Three was bad, but it, it just, it was. I liked the fact that they had the Mandarin. I'm not so sure. I like the fact that he wasn't the Mandarin, if that makes sense. Like he wasn't anyone really. Yeah. I liked that it was a twist, and it was another villain. No, I don't, I don't mind that. But, maybe I missed it. But I don't understand how Killian could control his powers and the others couldn't. I can't remember. So maybe maybe I'll... it's because he was the first. I don't know. Definitely. Well, maybe. Um, yeah. So he, there was probably saying in there, and I missed it. But um, yeah, I mean the suits were pretty cool in it. Uh, they they did the whole anxiety thing pretty well in it. Uh, or his what is it? Anxi- yeah, it's an anxiety. PTSD, attack, isn't it? Isn't yeah. It really, yeah. Which is quite clever to do the the spin off from what happened in the Avengers because I'm sure falling from Earth was, I must admit this Iron Man suit is pretty strong, <laughs> although it was Hulk that saved him technically. But, um, and what about yeah. the little kid? Can you imagine what he's gonna be in in Infinity War? He was pretty smart in in Iron Man Three. Like he knew stuff, but he didn't actually like use it he well he did but he like he'd, he'd say questions and Tony Stark would be like oh yeah that's what I'm going to do kind of thing so you could almost see him as like the new Iron Man maybe but he seems way too young and if anything like if they want to try and do what they've done in the comics like they did this girl Riri Williams who's now Ironheart is it in the comics I don't know I think, she's, I think that's her name on it so she's like the female well, she's Iron Woman, pretty much. and But if I was to do this, do that in relation to the current MCU, I'd maybe make Black Panther's sister. What, Shuri? Yeah, because she's well smart. She probably could make the suit a lot better. Although, I know I, did, I, know I said once when, when Joe came on the podcast and he was saying about what uh, Iron Man's suit's made of, and I was saying they probably would use what Black Panther's got but yeah. I actually think it's actually what Joe was saying that it was the microbots or something it's not actually oh, right. the Black Panther stuff so it's not vibranium I don't think well it might, I think the whole suit might be made I don't know might be my he might get vibranium for the suit as well but I think that is microbots rather than uh, something else but uh, I haven't really sweated any Easter eggs yet which kind of um yeah, but it's good. It's um good. To... I'm trying to think what ones of so. Guardians of the Galaxy is always going to be up there. Iron Man one's always going to be up there. I probably put Captain America two above Captain America one still, but that Captain America one was very good. And like I said about Captain America one, I think 
that maybe the villain hasn't actually died. He's just been teleported somewhere because they they were used. They had the um, the time stone, no mm. space stone. Yeah, one of them. I don't know. Space stone. Space time stones with uh, Doctor Strange. Yes, 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 and yeah. I uh, I mean, I think if Avengers got released now, in this time, that Avengers that would be so much more worth its money. Like I know it's like third highest grossing or was was going to probably be knocked off by Black Panther but I think you'd have earned so much more money do you think? yeah because it is actually such a sick film if they re-release that it would but then Infinity War pre-sales have out have outstripped the last seven combined yeah. including yeah. Black Panther yeah which I mean Black Panther's made 1.3 billion that's crazy it's definitely so... going to knock Avengers off I didn't think it would do that well uh, you didn't? no nah, because I watched the film I thought it was good but I like I didn't think it was it was it was very good. It was very good, in fact. But I didn't think it was good enough to go and warrant me wanting to go and watch it again at the cinema. And I think like I saw Guardians Galaxy. I saw it twice at the cinema. I was like sick both times. I saw Avengers. I think twice at the cinema. I was sick. Like yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just I. I just. I think maybe for us, it the the cultural importance of it is. It's not as impactful. Yeah, it might be a bit lost with me. Um, I did appreciate like yeah. the, the cultural effect it had and um, how it's quite. And I think it's quite good how many milestones it's achieved and stuff. And uh, it's almost breaking boundaries in a way as well, isn't it? But yeah, um, but I guess because we have been lucky enough to see ourselves represented on screen for so yeah. long, yeah, that we can never yeah. put ourselves in the place of of true. someone who's never you know. Yeah, true, true, true. But yeah, it's definitely going to be a shape-up after Avengers Infinity War. We'll have yeah. to do our rankings again. and uh, Yep, well, we will. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what episode it was that we did the, the original one. We'll have to listen but back we, and see. Well, well, we still need to include Black Panther, Homecoming. 4-3. 4-3. Guardians 2? No, that's that's when we did it, when Guardians 2 came okay, out. Okay, so we've got, we'll have five films put into it. Which is crazy. Yeah. In in what, a year? Yeah, and Ant-Man and Wasp comes out soon, doesn't it? Oh yeah, well, maybe we should wait till after that. I can't uh, imagine that's going to be yeah, right yeah. up there. No, no, no. Someone did post saying, uh, oh, I probably can't get it. If you pass my iPad quickly, I'll just show you something. But, um, someone, I don't know how, some people are so creative on like, the computer and stuff and how they make these like posters and stuff. Um, but like, I was looking through Instagram and uh, someone posted all these, what they were, uh, they were like, oh, it'd be amazing if these films came out kind of thing. Is it Boss Logic? Uh, I'll let you know in Uno Minuto. Because Boss Logic is really creative and like he does these like um, nah, ideal might... castings. So he's done like John Krasinski and Emily Blunt as yeah. Sue Storm Oi! and Reed Richards. He beat me to it, you know. Oh, did he? Honestly, he beat me to it. Cause I, so I was saying like John because I've seen that photo go across the internet so much. Like John Krasinski? Krasinski. He would be sick as... Fantastic Four. It, he actually is like this image of it. I didn't originally have Emily Blunt in it. I actually had a, a, a Yvonne Starkowski, the one out of Chuck. Oh yeah. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I thought she would have been a six Sue Storm. Then I thought uh, the thing to me the thing, as long as it's a fairly muscular person, it don't matter who can play the thing because they're just gonna be CGI'd anyway. Um, and I thought that. Um, uh, Human Torch Johnny's Dawn yeah. yeah he could have been um... sorry that's the police 
No, it's not. It's a... Ambulance. Anyway. Um, who is it? I had someone in mind, and it's really bugging me. Because I was going to do this like montage on Instagram. I was going to do like four people I thought could be Mr. Fantastic, four who could be Sue Storm, four who could be um, Johnny Storm, and four who could be uh, The Thing. Uh, I still probably will still do it, actually, because it would be interesting to see. Because I was thinking four people for um, Mr. Fantastic could have been John, that like we just said, the guy play Zachary uh, Levy. Because they look identical. Yeah, they do. And I think both of them could play the character, even though Zachary Levy's already been in the MCU. Has he? He's one of four psychics in, in 4, 2 and 3, but he gets killed in 4, 3, doesn't he? Really? Yeah. Which one is he? He's the blonde one with the moustache. What, that Zachary Levy? Yeah. Fuck Not man. in the first film. In the first film, it's the guy who plays Prince Charming in Once Upon a Time. Then, obviously, he got the, the gig of doing Once Upon a Time... So Zachary Levy took his place in the second and third floor. Oh, right. Yeah. Didn't. I did not notice that at yeah. all. Um, I also thought that the guy who plays... Um, the guy with dreadlocks in The Walking Dead. The guy with dreadlocks? Yeah. What, the one who has the tiger? No, 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 sorry. The guy who's dis- just disappeared out of nowhere. He went with that... Um, the, the, the guy who's a lesbian and they found that colony full of just women... I I'm not as far into the not? Dead um, the guy who plays I think it's the same guy. The guy who plays Have you seen twenty have you seen who plays uh, the guy in twenty four, the new series twenty four? Nope. <laughs> so it's not um Who's the guy? Oh the guy who plays um Ah, oh, what's it called? 24 Legacy. Um, I think he also plays... Could be getting mixed up. Did he play Dr. Dre in... Um... Oh, Corey Hawkins? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he plays Dr. Dre, doesn't he? And he plays 24 Legacy, and he also plays... Oh, he's in The Walking Dead, isn't he? Yeah, he is, isn't he? So I thought he could be quite a good Mr. Fantastic to have. It doesn't have to be like everyone's assuming it's got to be a, a white character. It could be, yeah. it could be anyone. Like I thought, um, oh, I actually thought um, if he could play, if he's good at playing a serious role, I thought the Harold and Kumar. Is it Harold? I thought yeah. he could play Mister Fantastic. In fact, like I think people. What is it about those actors that suit the role of Mister Fantastic? I think so. What I've seen, so he's very serious and he's very. I feel like he he looks like an intelligent character to me. I feel like that's a real what suits the Mr. Fantastic all three all four of them I think they can look like really intelligent characters and from what they've portrayed in, in TV series they have been I mean Harold and Kumar aside I think he's been but he's, stuff. he's an, he, he was an advisor to Obama in the White House no that's Kumar oh but both of them actually not a bad shout but I was talking about oh you are talking about Harold his name John Cho yeah John Cho, John Cho. yeah I think oh. he can be like quite serious and he I think he could fit the part in my mind um, yeah, and John Cog, uh, both the other characters I said, they play quite smart roles. I know in Chuck he's a bit silly, but he's quite an intelligent character. And again, the other guy plays the Office US, but he's quite smart in it. He plays all them pranks. He's quite smart. But um, I mean, for on-screen chemistry, I think him and Emily Blunt would be quite a good matching actually. So well, we'll talk about it later. But they have good chemistry in a quiet place. I heard. If you want to hear a rumor, go for it. Fantastic Four might have a little snippet in um, Avengers Infinity War. Well, we did. I did say 
uh, I don't think I, we did it on the pod, but um, that apparently Silver Surfer's going to have... Yeah. And whether it's going to be a Green Lantern-style cameo, like from Justice League, Is this in not... number three or number four, though? Three. Okay. Because I was thinking he could, he could introduce Galactus into the universe. Yeah, like the didn't... only thing is, is like the, the Disney Fox deal hasn't actually gone through properly yet. Like, it's not been finalised. So whether they can have all of those well, cameos in it, yeah. They might not have agreed every deal, but they might have agreed the studio's deal. Hmm. Yeah. That's true. This is what someone made, which I thought was pretty cool. Spider-Man Academy. Don't know really what that is, but I would assume it's something quite good. Doctor Strange Illuminati. Illuminati's been talked about quite a bit in the... Um, well, Joe's spoken about it quite a bit, and that's like... That's uh, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Black Panther, uh, Namor, and Charles Xavier... Okay. They run, they run the show. Go if they ever do that film, they have to say Illuminati confirmed <laughs> as their like tagline. Someone probably would say it, wouldn't they? Uh, volume three, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, that's, that's been announced. That's so pretty that's... basic. Uh, Black Widow, Leviathan. I don't know what that means, but it sounds pretty cool. And if they're going to go with a film, why not go for that one? If someone wants to talk about the Mighty Four, I, again, I'm not really sure what the difference is to the current <laughs> four, but the Fantastic Four. That's just that's just lazy. That one is, I think. <laughs> the wasp escape the the microverse. We'll have to see how well the wasp and Ant Man do, but maybe there could be a spin off individual film. Mm-hmm. Black Panther Secret Empire sounds pretty cool. I don't know what it's about, but yeah. Spider Man Dimensions that could be sick. I think that's the one with all the different Spider Men. Yeah, because that's the animated film coming out this year, isn't it? Yeah. About that. Oh, is it? Oh, is that one okay? Nova, again, not another interesting one. He they. So, Spin off of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I think they did announce that actually as well. Uh, Captain Marvel and the Valkyries. Well, Valkyries was in four three. Yeah, that's true. Captain Marvel. It's not maybe a nice way to merge two franchises together or two parts of it together. Ant Man versus the Dimension. No, Master of Evil. Don't know who that is. Uh, These are probably all uh, comic kind of. Yeah, the Warlock. Blocks. That's Adam Warlock. The Thunderbolts. Well, we're kind of being introduced to them. I feel like in Deadpool anyway. Oh no, is it X Force? X Force. Yeah. yeah. And Avengers X. I think that's X Men and Avengers, but I'm not sure. Okay, I was going to say because that look, makes it look like Avengers 10, which they're quite far away from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine it will um, go any further than that, but um, yeah, it's interesting to see what people would like to see, and I wish I knew more about it, really, but. Um, oh, and I saw this thing about um, Hawkeye as well. So. Everyone's been ranting and raving about where's Hawkeye in the posters and where's Ant Man. <clears throat> well, people well, keep we joking that Ant Man might be so, so small. small yeah. see him. However, it's quite clear that Ant Man's on the run, as from the trailers of Ant Man and the Wasp. So he's obviously oblivious to what's happening, which is the classic what he's been like in all the other films. But they said for the Infinity War director has clarified, fa- uh, clarified fans about Hawkeye's role by saying that we keep saving. Saying patience is a virtue. We did not forget of twice nominated Jeremy Renner. We cooked up the story for him. That is a little bit of a long play, not a short play. Okay, so he might potentially be, maybe not in this film, but you know, he his in the coming film role would be in the fourth one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and I do have some actual news. These two apparently in talks to play um, it chapter two. James McAvoy and Bill Hader. Yeah. I can see that. I can definitely yeah. see Bill Hader yeah. as Finn Wolfhard's character. Yeah. Whether James McAvoy. Yeah, I could. Mm, yeah. But that's the guy of the stutter, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I liked it. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm it's interested all right. to see what chapter two 
Is I think that? that's all I've got. There was a new Incredibles trailer. Didn't see that. Yeah, and then I think what else did I have? What else did I have? I had oh yeah, and that Dragon Ball Super film got announced for December, which I think I might have spoken about already. But yeah. Well, whilst we're still on the Marvel, uh, I watched Big Hero Six. Oh, which, sick film. Which is a Marvel property, but yeah. not it's not MCU. But that was so fun. Yeah. Like. And so cute. Um, what's his name? Baymax. Bay- Baymax. Yeah. Like, he's just like soft and fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, visu- the visual slapstick comedy in it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, it was also quite poignant in a sense, you know, in his... Uh, I can't remember any of their names, but when, they, when his older brother dies. And, yeah. And, uh, I've got a feeling if they make a second one, his older brother's going to be alive. I think it's fine as one and done. I don't think they need to create <laughs> it anymore. This is Disney, mate. Uh, I, know. I think they did do a spin-off animated show. Did they? Yeah. But I mean, I, I assume the the. Uh, is it? I, I assume that the budget and the visual effects would not be half as good. But I wonder how well it did actually, because I I really enjoyed it and I didn't really want to buy something at that full price, but it took me ages to find a decent price for it. It's, it's On DVD. A, yes. Yeah, um, I'm surprised you don't have the pop figure for it. I I was thinking about getting it, you know. Um, that's the thing I, I think I, I I get a bit snobby with animation and I think oh it's not going to be you know I'm not going to enjoy it because it's animated but you know that and also uh, Wreck-It Ralph like really surprised me with how much I enjoyed them like the, yeah. co- the visual comedy the, the graphics in it is incredible mm. it did really well as well 165 million budget box office 657 million wow that's um, quite impressive uh, Karen, what are you saying? So the visuals and yeah, it's just you know it works on so many different levels and uh, it, it they don't drag it out too long, especially with animation. You can't really you know you just have to you keep it short and snappy because you can't just cut loads of yeah, things out. Yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, you know all that I liked the the idea of the you know, the little robot right at the beginning when they have those battles and the San Fran. Sokyo. I mean, they could have done a little bit more world building with. I mean, why is it San Francisco? You know, yeah. What's the point of that? But um, that's true. But yeah, I just really liked the character of Baymax. Is very cute. The, the the kind of I didn't expect the older brother to die. You know, it's not something that you expect in animation. That's it's very a, true. Actually, it's like a a really prominent and sympathetic character dying in such a horrible way. So yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by that, <laughs> and I would thoroughly yeah. recommend it. So. The TV series you're talking about? Yeah. What? I don't get this. So, uh, announced a big Hero 6 TV series. Um, oh, early release of 2018. Release date. But the first one came out, Baymax Return. Got 1.46 million views on the Disney Channel. Uh, November 20th, 2017 it came out. And they've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9... Nine others to come out, still. Oh, okay. So, yeah. You should check that out. Yeah, I might do, you know. So, whilst we're on the subject of animation, talk us through Tokyo Ghoul. Yeah, so it's been, I think it's been about two years since the last series. Um, so you've got these, like, ghouls that uh, go around and they just kill people, eat people, torture people, whatever they want. They've got funky powers. They've got these, uh, oh, what are they called? Oh, I only watched it the other day. They've got these things that come out of their bodies and they can like chop people up and basically the main character he's really strong because he's half human half ghoul because 
a ghoul tried to attack him. They both died. Then they transplanted part of the ghoul into him. A ghoul? Do you mean ghoul as in like a ghost? Or is a ghoul something else in this context? It's a monster. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think they're called ghouls. Um, and basically, he's really strong, but he's trying to like contain his power and train his power kind of thing. And at the end of season two, he beat this big boss guy. And then he went off with these people. So start of season three. Starts off a, a police academy kind of thing where there's a ghoul in a car and they're stopping him and it's a character I've never seen before this guy attacks him and then you find out that character they're both ghouls one's for working for the police one's trying to get away another guy comes he's the same he's a ghoul for the police cut to the next part you've got the main character from the last series and you're like oh he looks a bit different he's like he's not as like it was a bit like He's smarter character. He's smarter in this one, and he, he, you almost got the feeling he didn't remember his past. And at late when you find out he doesn't actually remember his past, I don't know if he's been like, uh, not brainwashed, but like they've done something to him, so he doesn't remember his past. Because if he remembers his past, he unleashes the monster that's within him. Right. And there's a scene in episode two because there's only two episodes out at the moment, and he's fighting against this other guy, and he thinks he sees someone else in this other guy, and he re- kind of releases the big power that is him. And they've got different rankings for the ghouls, and he's like a SS ranking, which is like the highest you can be. He kind of just releases his powers, and the people he's training didn't realise. So, and then at the end of that scene, he goes to this coffee shop because he can smell this really nice smell. That's the coffee shop he used to live in, these other ghoul people okay. that he's forgotten about, and he like just a tear comes down his eye, and that's the end of the so scene. So, not all ghouls are bad? No, no. But it's, it's a tricky one. I would say. I'd say people have to watch it really because I haven't really explained it too well. Um, basically, people he lives with, there was this really high-ranked goal and it happened to be the guy who was like looking after him, kind of training him. He was the bad guy, but no one really knew. And then he never really wanted to harm any- I, I got I had the feeling that he never really wanted to harm anyone. No, but that's not true. He harmed people. But <laughs> he's, he, he, at the end of uh, season two, uh, and then, yeah. And how many episodes... They're each series. Like know, 40? No, 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 no. That's short, short series. They're like 15. Okay. Series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they're on Netflix. I'm not sure, though. I have to, have to double-check that information. But it was an interesting start. Not where I thought it was going to go, because he got taken away by um, these other ghoul people at the end of season two, or they told him to come with him, and I don't think we've seen them yet. But I did really want to re-watch the... The series, but it's just like finding the time to rewatch two series like before another one comes out. I'm always like that. I'm always just like I just want to watch new content. And I don't want to keep rewatching stuff old. that I've. Well, the problem really you got with this is like some anime, some a- animes because they don't necessarily get the distribution they want. It takes ages to get the next series out. So this was obviously this one was a pretty successful TV series, but for some reason it's taken two years for them to bring out a new one. Mm. I know Steingate Zero is coming out soon, which I was kind of happy about. There's one I saw on Netflix called One Punch Man. That's new on Netflix. Yeah, it's quite old, but yeah, it's new. Loads of people love that. I'm in two minds about it. It's about this guy who was a nobody, and there's it's you're in a world where there's monsters live in this world, strong humans live in this world, and basically everyone wants to be a hero, and they've got to pass certain tests and do certain things, and they've got to get their status up for people to want to use their hero services. And you see this scene where one day this monster attacks him. And I think he somehow beats the monster. 
or he loses. I don't know what happens. I can't quite remember. Or a hero turns up and he decides he's going to become a superhero. Right. Fast forward a few years. He's got no hair. Wears a silly suit. And he's super strong, super fast, super everything. Like, unbeatable. And, like, he does the training things that everyone else does. Smashes them. Everyone's like, what the hell? And, yeah. And then this big force comes to Earth. And he beats the force. But pretty much no one knows about that he did it. So why are you in two minds about it? Because he's just too strong. He's his OP. Yeah. It's just like, there's, like who's going to beat him? Mm. No one. Um, but then season two hasn't come out yet. And it's been... I watched that in... I feel like I watched that at uni. So it's been a while. Mm. Um, yeah, this is what I mean. Like, take that long to bring out a series. It's not like... It's almost... It's not like... Like Dragon Ball Super, for example. Like... Over however many episodes I watched Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball GT, you know the characters, so and they never really continued continued anything. They just kind of just went on with it, like they Goku was somewhere, this big extra character came, attacked them, they come come together, went against him, and like you just carry on that like, with the same characters and then just do different storylines. But for example, for like. Tokyo Ghoul, if you I didn't introduce you introducing other characters and stuff that and just having one of the old characters, I'm kinda of like I need to ha- have a bit more back in on it. Like I need to have watched it recently to understand where you're going with it kind right. of thing. So the familiarity's yeah. not quite there. Yeah, so I think I'll have to watch some of the episodes again. But um and yeah, oh mate, there's so many anime that I need to watch, like My Hero Academia came out for season three. Uh Baruto I'm so far behind uh, Stein Gate Zero comes out soon. Code Geos season freeze out. Mate, I haven't heard of most of these. But... Yeah, mate, they're all good. They're all good. I recommend all of them. Okay. Even one, even One Punch Man. It's interesting to watch it. It's got funny parts as well. We're talking of Japanese monsters. Um, yeah. How did you find Pacific Rim Two? That's that pretty uprising? good. That's pretty good. Um. Yeah, it was, it was alright. It was pretty much just the same film again, really. But you've uh, seen the first one, haven't you? Yeah. So, what, was it any better, any worse than the first? Like... I think it was maybe a little bit worse than the first one. In what sense? <sighs> no, I don't know. I'm conflicted about it. I don't know. It's just a typical sequel, isn't it, really? Like, the kid of the, the saviour doesn't really want... He sh- like, shrugs his, his duty, really, and it's like, nah, don't want that life, and then gets caught and's like, oh, OK, then, yeah, I'll do what I have to do to redeem myself, almost. But does it expand upon the first film at all? Or at is the it... very end, it does. What, with the kaiju well, no. mixing with the... What was the kaiju mix with? The robot. I don't know anything about the first one, so I don't know if that happens. Or is the robot called the kaiju? No. No, so what I'm thinking is at the very, very end, you have Sean Boyega's character go up to the scientist or the guy who was a goodie in the first film, badly in this film. Spoiler, sorry. Uh, not that I said any names for you to know that. <laughs> um, and says, well, we're going to bring the fight to them. In part, they're going to open a whole new world and uh. go into the wherever and attack these things head on not like I could barely beat the last one that was a bit of a 
I'm not sure I'm a fan of this like last second win kind of mentality, like shot up in the air, somehow directed themselves to hit the thing just before it fell in. And may I add, it was suspiciously suspiciously close to that volcano. Yeah. How did none of its blood get in that volcano or whatever it had to do? Uh, and I thought the impact would be so strong that it might cause an eruption anyway. Yeah. But, and, yeah. And then one, I did not see one of the kids dying. That was a shocker. Uh, looked pretty brutal from the part we saw. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I just didn't really... Like, the main two characters, like, the two... John Boyega and his co-pilot, I really got on with their characters. Like, and um, I thought the scientist lady... I really liked her character. She was kind of like... She was, you almost thought she was up herself. She wanted to get this thing... For, and then when she realised she was kind of like in the action... It was kind of funny, almost, as well as serious. Um, I just didn't really like new characters. Like, the kids. I just didn't really... Well, there was no story behind them, really. There was nothing mm. that really made me think, oh, yeah, really rooting for these guys to win. I was just like... It's like, you're crap. There was, very, there was very much like socio-political stuff when the Russian girl is the antagonist. She's like yeah. just unnecessarily bitchy and all that and it's like, oh, of course they're Russians. But then the Chinese characters are great, you know. It's kind <laughs> of like America being like... <laughs> you know what? But it's, yeah. That's what American films are like. You can read a lot of socio-political stuff into them. It's kind of like Russians are always baddies. It's like when you watch any kind of Bond film from any kind of zeitgeist that you can always see what the political climate was like through them. Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of... They're kind of branching into these big superpowers, but, yeah, I'm surprised that they're going to... Um, they're just going to keep demonising Russians in these films, I imagine. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. yeah. I thought the film was entertaining, but... I mean, it was a bit... I mean, as much as you suspend your disbelief, like, when there's these huge robots and they, like, kick a skyscraper and no one dies yeah you're kind of like oh, this is ridiculous yeah. but yeah no it was it was fun it was fine it was entertaining but yeah it was it was, good. It was an alright film better than Transformers although I mean, apparently hard, apparently there's a film called Real Steel which is like that but better Real like, Steel that's not like it's that it's like Hugh Jackman just punching robots I've got or that. something not, not sim- I mean it's just about robots but it's like yeah but that's boxing was that a good film it was alright uh, maybe I don't have it on DVD I definitely watched it yeah. And another film we've both seen, which is a bit of a rarity for newish releases, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Well, yeah, it was one that we were all meant to watch, wasn't it? Um, it was just a random pick. Yeah. I just picked off of... It, I like, so it was like Netflix top 20 series, uh, films, and it yeah. happened to be on there. It's, a, it's an odd one, wasn't it? It was very odd. It was very indie, very quirky. It was this woman who was a nurse, but she was a bit kind of... Socially, as well. she was socially awkward. Yeah. She was a bit kind of in a rut, like drank a lot, didn't really care mm. about anything, and like she had this yeah. So one of her neighbours lets their dog shit on her lawn and Frodo. Frodo, yeah. yeah. What's his name? Um, uh, only if Ollie was here, eh? Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So then she finds sees him, and then she like goes to confront him, and and then it turns in. Then her house gets burgled. Yeah. And then she kind of teams up with Elijah Wood, who's this, like, kind of really small guy, but thinks he's good with, like, nunchucks and yeah. shurikens and all these sorts of things. And It's almost like their luck has them, and the first few parts of the film, the luck is with them, and then... 
kind of. And it goes, yeah, and then they try and then they find the the burglar and it leads them into all sorts of kind of danger and shootouts and it's a lot bloodier than I was expecting it to be actually um, it was an odd one I, did, I found parts of it amusing I wouldn't say it was I think it was supposed to be a dark comedy but yeah I mean it was amusing it wasn't like laugh out loud funny funny yeah I'm with you on that one um, it was a really odd one like I, I I don't know if I enjoyed it, but it was watchable. I was intrigued by it, though. I was almost like I wanted to finish it. It wasn't yeah. like I enjoyed watching it. I'm with you on that. I think it's interesting because, like, to begin with, you kind of, like, thought, okay, she's a nurse, she's maybe a bit bored of her job, it's same old, same old every day, and maybe it does probably take a toll on you, some of the stuff you see. Um, and then she goes home, she gets burgled, and it's like the police are saying, well, did you leave the door open? We see no en- entry point in it and it's like oh shit okay well, the insurance isn't going to cover that kind of thing mm. then life's getting her down she sees a bit of dog shit she then t- turns tries to turn her life around almost. she just gets fed up yeah. with society and institutions letting her down so she yeah. kind of takes into her own hands and- but then you kind of almost saw the flip of it as well because like the police were like what was stolen she kind of was a bit blase about it wasn't really 100% almost wasn't 100% sure what had been taken yeah, but for her it was more the fact that her privacy was invaded. threatened, yeah, invaded, yeah. yeah. I, think, um, I think that would be for most people, really, because insurance covers most things. Um, but the privacy of your home or the safety of your home is um, a lot more to you, I think. And mm. if you can't feel safe at home, then you even move. or you. I think that's quite an American trope. It's like your home, you work for your home. It's like, what's that law where basically if you walk on someone's property, you can shoot them? Oh, funny law. Um, but um, to me, it's just like... The thing is, though, in a lot of American series and films, you kind of see um, they just leave their doors unlocked anyway. Yeah. And I'm almost like... Especially with cars. They, yeah. they don't ever lock their car. Yeah. I'm like, why, why do people not get Grand Theft Auto too much? I have no idea. But yeah, it's an interesting film. I watched um, that and... Um, what happened to Monday with my dad and he, he really enjoyed what happened to Monday. He he um he saw some of it coming though. I can't remember what part he saw coming, but he didn't see the part about I got Monday coming. About Mon was it Monday portraying them in it? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember so many names. I remember, I enjoyed that film. Yeah, it's good. I don't think we'll quite I don't think we'll get quite one quite like that again. No, but I mean I do respect Netflix for taking chances on these directors and these ideas like because it's definitely not that i don't feel like home in this world anymore it's not a film you would see in yeah. in the cinema it's it's quite hard to define because it's just it's kind of just following a character on her it's kind of nihilistic in a sense like the title suggests it's like she's just a bit fed up with life oh, and yeah. it's really hard to categorize it like what genre is it what's the actual plot of it yeah you know so it it's t- it's Hard to categorise, but yeah. Netflix are just like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, Did it's you? true, because there's so many plot twists in this film. Like, you feel like, so she finds where her silver is, she, instead of paying for it, steals it, because it's at a pawn shop or some mm. sort. And then, essentially beats up an old man on the way, because it's his shop. Then, the kid who wants something back off her, goes after her again, doesn't he? Ends up getting killed, accidentally, by a car. Yeah. Um... Yeah. And then the people he's with went to go and threaten his family with her. 
Then his family basically die. She tries to save Elijah Wood, who's dying, who you think's dead. And God knows if that ending was an ending where he's actually alive or a dream. But, um... Yeah. And also, um... But what I... I liked it, but then I felt that she was kind of hypocritical. Because she's like, oh, you know, you shouldn't take things that aren't yours. And then she takes that, that... wooden statue yeah. and I was just like you just undermined yourself Self, yeah. but I guess that's her flaw as a character I think maybe that's the point that I'm maybe trying to prove that yeah. although people see this world as the title suggests um, they don't want to live in this world anymore because of things that happen I think a lot of people are very not not a lot of people but I think people can be hypocritical sometimes they can do stuff and then when, it, when, it, when the opportunity arises they'll do the exact same thing and then maybe feel bad about it maybe not because she felt bad about it and she was kind of like, oh. Well, she kind of, at the end, it's like she, she accepts her life, doesn't she? Yeah. She goes back to nursing and it's like, no, I, I don't want this. Uh, yeah. All Too this crazy. Excitement. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I mean, it was fun. I kind of enjoyed it. It was it was very watchable, which it sounds like damning with faint praise, but yeah, it, it was six and a half, potentially. If yeah. Had, if we had to put a number on it. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you on that one, six and a half. So I saw a Netflix original film called Creep, written. Um, by Mark Duplass, who's in the league. Um, so this is uh, basically Mark Duplass plays a guy, I think he calls himself Joe, and um, he basically gets this videographer to come to his house and uh, record him because he tells the videographer that he's dying of cancer mm-hmm. and he wants his uh, unborn child to know what he was like and just to experience a day with him. So it's, you know... Um, that's the setup, and it's kind of it's not found footage, um, but it's all kind of handheld camera. Right. Okay. Um, which I know puts a lot of people off. So it was only like seventy minutes. I thought, fuck it, I'll watch it. Um, basically, you've slowly realised that Mark Duplass's character is a bit unhinged. He's very, yeah, mentally unwell. Um, potentially murderous because he like hides. He he takes the keys of the videographer and hides them, and then. You see him like you think he spiked his drink and um, all this sort of thing, and then uh, long story short, it turns out that he's a murderer. And um, you see he, he kind of like comes into his house and leaves like videos of him like having recorded the guy sleep and stuff. Uh, and then he says, oh, um, "Oh, I'm really sorry. I've just been in a bad place recently. I didn't mean to lie to you. Come meet me at this place." Um, and then you know you know, nice and open space, lots of people, so, uh, you know, you'll feel safe and, and then I'll apologise. And then, so the videographer ends up leaving his camera in his car recording on where he's sitting yeah. on this bench and then you just see the multiplex come with an axe and fucking smack him in the really? head. <laughs> but, so that's a very, very quick summary of the film. But it was not good. Oh, no, okay. Like, horror is over-reliant on jump scares. So Insidious do it, Conjuring, Annabelle, all of those jump scares, which is fine to an extent because they, you know, they make a lot of money. They they do scare you inst- uh, for a little bit. I mean, it's cheap. I'm not saying that they're good, but it's cheap and, and they're effective because the director builds it up with, you know, like long, long holds of the camera on a particular place and you think oh, you know something's going to come and then there's a loud music or whatever you know they cue you in yeah. whereas this was literally Mark Duplass would hide behind a wall and jump out and would literally on four or five occasions go boo 
to the videographer. And that, that was the only kind of jump, the, the only kind of scares in it. And I was like, that is the cheapest, cheapest of the cheap. Like, mm-hmm. this film was very, very low budget, but there wasn't really any attempts to create tension to, you know, to try and scare the audience in any other way. The only other occasion which was a bit eerie was when the videographer's asleep and his camera's on and you can you see in the back door that he just stands there watching him. Like, that's uncomfortable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, making a horror film, don't... If you make one of your characters literally say boo, mm-hmm. fair enough, you do it once. If you keep doing it, it's just... It's it's just annoying, mm-hmm. and there's no attempt to make it scary. Like, and so it really put me off, and I was actually quite annoyed with it. So you know that last scene you're talking about? Mm. Was it actually in an open place? Then were there people there? It was in an open place, but it, there wasn't many people there. But you could say there was no, there wasn't really anywhere for him to hide. But the mistake the videographer made was that he sat facing. There was a, a lake. Yeah. He sat facing the lake, so he wasn't looking behind him. Oh. Um. But yeah, so I mean, it it was it it was not good. Okay. So, for every positive, good risk that Netflix take, they have a creep. Yeah. As a counteraction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas in contrast, and I'm not going to spoil it because we're going to go and see it later today. Um, but a quiet place built racks up its tension through the fact that they're not allowed to speak. And you can see when things... So, it's kind of... It's, the, it's the, the tension when you see something that you know is going to impact the characters. And, you and it, you know, it keeps coming back to that point. And then slowly and slowly the, the characters get more and more closer to this point. And that's the tension. And it's not necessarily scary, but when it happens, you know that, you know, you know that something's coming and that it's going to be kind of uh, shit's going to hit the fan so that's a good level of tension that's yeah. a good build up and this you know I, I've heard people say A Quiet Place is scary I don't find it scary but I just found it there's a lot of tension in it and they mm. create that through the music and through kind of repetitive shots of something which you know is inevitably going to happen yeah um so I don't have you seen the trailer for a quiet place? Yeah, I saw no, I saw a scene where she's in the bathtub, and she's like almost I feel like she's crying or something's happening, and mm. then all you see in the background is this like funky, free, fingered with funky circular, podded fingers, on the wall. It's like I feel like it's an alien or something. All right, yeah, I know what you, I know what part you mean. So yeah, so that a quiet place does it very well, and uh, I guess once we've seen it, together, who who made it? What a quiet place, John mm. Krasinski. Oh, he did make it. No, he directed it oh. and wrote it and, and starred, in, starred it. in it. Was it their kid in it as well? No, I don't think so. Did I have a kid? There's, they've got two daughters in oh. real life. Uh, yeah. So apparently I'll, she's he was saying like she's such an amazing actress, like she can just do some sick scene and then just be back to normal straight after. They're very good chemistry in this, which obviously they're married, but it's it's nice to see. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'll tell you what, did you um see that trailer for... There's a new film coming out and it's got um Jim Carrey in it. And he's like a detective kind of person and... Really? Yeah, but... I'll show you in a bit, but it looks quite interesting. It, I think it's another one of those roles where he's immersed himself in it and... Right. 
taking it literally for a few months. <laughs> I still haven't seen Man on the Moon. I really want to. Yes, yeah, not bad show actually. Apparently, you know, Shia 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 LaBeouf does it as well. Apparently, he punched Tom Hardy once. <laughs> yeah, like I can't remember if he said he knocked him out or something. Bloody hell! Yeah, I read some interview thing and I was like, he looks he looks untinged. I don't know. So. Yeah, that's what fame will do to some people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about some big releases then. Uh, have you seen either Ready Player One or Love Simon? No. Are you planning on watching either of them? Um. I feel like Ready Player One would be your sort of thing. Yeah, um, Jack was saying he wanted to watch it, so I might I'll spoil yours and go and see it with him Wednesday or something. Well, I won't spoil it then, but I'll... Let's, you can spoil it, it's fine. Uh, it's two thirty minutes filming it. Yeah, it's quite long. It doesn't feel like it's long. Okay. So the setup is, it's the future, I think 2045. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it's based on a book mm-hmm. of the same name, Ready Player One. The author of the book helped write screenplay, so there's a lot of overlap between them. But the story is the guy called Wade Watts lives in the future. The economy's fucked. Everyone basically lives through the virtual reality world called the Oasis, which a guy called Halliday uh, created. Um, And you can be anything you want in there. You can change your avatar, you can change your gender, you can... You can ride a T-Rex, you can uh, go to uh, the White House or any anything. Literally, your imagination is, limit, is your only limitation, right? So the only thing people have to do in real life is eat and shit, basically, and sleep. Um, and the Halliday, um, this is very early on in the film, dies Um so he's quite old, he dies, but he, before he dies, he, he sends a message to everyone in the Oasis and says, if you can complete three challenges um, and discover an Easter egg I've left within this virtual world, mm-hmm. then you will get total control of the Oasis um, and you'll get half a trillion dollars as well, which is what he was worth. So there's this company called IOI um, and they are basically recruiting loads of people to play all these challenges to basically uh, get the keys, three keys, to find the Easter egg to gain control of the Oasis so that oh. they can use it for nefarious purposes and, like, commercialise it and sell ad space within the virtual reality goggles and all that sort of thing. Right? Yeah. Um, um, whereas there's a team of rebels uh, headed by someone called Artemis, who's played by Olivia Cook. Um, and there's and then Wade Watts kind of meets her and falls in love with her and becomes part of this Fab Five. What do they call themselves? The High Five, I think. Um, and yeah, so they try and take down IOI and complete the challenges first to win control. Um, mm, that sounds quite interesting. Actually. It's it's a good premise. I liked. I mean, I wasn't sure what to think of this film. In the sense that, a lot of it takes place in the Oasis, which is all CGI. Okay. So it's very little practical stuff in the real world, uh, which is fine, but I feel like they didn't didn't uh, marry the two together well enough. Right. So when you actually see Ty Sheridan and Olivia Cook in the real world, they actually don't have a lot of acting to do. Right. Like a lot of it's vocal, mm-hmm. um, and then the stuff which is 
portrayed in the real world is but a lot of shots of just them in the goggles and right. doing movements stationary and stuff and it kind of looked a bit naff the graphics are great but again like the avatars they, they look very cartoony which i think is the point because yeah. they are avatars from a video game yeah. but again you kind of think the graphics the graphics are great but the characters just looked so cartoony right. um the pop culture references were great there's hundreds and hundreds like from yeah 80s you know video games music tv all throughout you yeah. know it's you could watch it three or four times and probably not get all of them yeah but then again on the other hand it's kind of like they were they were made too much of a point of so right. you know like the delorean from back to the future drive past and they're like oh is that the delorean from back to the future and it's like, yeah, okay. Or, or, like, you'd see a glimpse of Batman and someone's like, is that Batman, the DC character from Blood And it's just kind of like, you don't need to... We know. Yeah, we know we were intelligent is. enough to... Or, you know, so part of the fun is to see, oh, what's that? Blah, yeah. blah. Is that yeah. bike from Akira? Like, it doesn't need to be screamed in your face all the time. Yeah. It was kind of a bit like, hey, look what rights to characters we got. Like, you know, just showing it off. And yeah. I kind of felt like there was quite a, a reliance on all of these pop culture references and it kind of made me think how much originality was there in this film mm. you know though from what i gather there was no characters or plot points that that were original mm. it was it was all about so the first task is race right. and he and wade watts drives a delorean and then i think artemis rides a bike from Akira and so there's no cars that the author has invented as far as I could tell yeah second I'm not going to say what the second challenge is is a cryptic thing I'm not going to tell you what it is because it will spoil it for you but again it's it's set in a setting which is iconic because of a movie right and you're kind of like okay well where's your originality here then Mm. Um, and then the third challenge Basically, to complete an eighties video game, right? Which again is kind of like okay, well, you're you're basically it's like if we made a film and it was like oh yeah, you need to um, complete Minecraft, and you know, and everyone's like oh my gosh, yeah, it's a great film. It's like well, actually, we've just taken the property of something else which is probably better than ours, yeah, and, and we're, we're retrofitting it to be in our game, yeah. And the fact that, and also, when you see them playing this 80s video game, again, you literally just are standing there playing it as a console, which doesn't look very cinematic. Like, I would have thought what would be better is if they actually have to go into the video game, or the video game is recreated around them, and they have to physically... It's about Jumanji. Yeah, exactly. They have to actually play the game, Mm. like, themselves. So I was... I, there was a lot of it that I really appreciated, and you know I liked the pop culture references. I thought, I thought the plot was good, mm. but it's just over reliant on lots of other plot yeah. points. And there was a a nice little twist in it, but because it's Spielberg, because it's so like family friendly and fluffy, like it was. There were no stakes for me. Yeah, I, I there was no point where I thought that the outcome was going to be anything other than what the outcome was. Yeah. And I didn't really care whether <laughs> the baddies, you know, they, they were kind of caricatures. And there's a point where 
they infiltrate the baddie and they take over his his VR goggles. And I was like, if you're in this big, huge office building full of the enemies, you literally just walk in. Like, where's the security? Where's all this? And it was just a bit too easy mm. for everything to happen. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of why there was not really much explanation of why the world is like it was in the real world. Right. I would have liked to have seen that a bit more. I would have liked to explore the Oasis a bit more. Like mm-hmm. What else is there about that? So, I appreciated what it was trying to do, but for me it was, wasn't was amazing. Okay. But I would, you yeah. know, if you like video games and you like pop culture references, it's definitely worth seeing. Okay. Yeah, well, what's the rating then out of 10? Mm, six, five and a half, six. Really? Okay. Yeah, that's just my opinion. No, that's interesting. I know that people have read the book, and it's slightly different from the book, but, you know, some people love it. <coughs> Probably modernised it from the book as well. <laughs> I don't think the book came out that long ago, but I think obviously you've got the difference between something that you can describe in a book and something that actually works on screen um and i think some of the references in the book were a lot more niche than they are in the film Film. so i think he talked in the book one of the challenges is all about dungeons and dragons Mm -hmm. which would you know for a film a mainstream film about pop culture i'm not sure that's mainstream enough yeah so then um so the first they replaced the first task to be a race which is you know you can throw lots of different vehicles and stuff and it's a bit more yeah, a bit more broad in its appeal. Um, but yeah, it was fine. Um, in kind of complete contrast to the CGI heavy world of Ready Player One and the Oasis, you've got Love, Simon, which was uh, it's a kind of LGBT rom-com, in a sense. Um, so Simon is a closeted gay guy uh, in high school. And he talks to Blue. Blue, who's another closeted gay guy at his school. Um, so this Blue has this, like, yeah, Blue's not his real name. He's got, like, an online identity. But people find out that he's gay. Uh, and then Simon decides to message him anonymously, again, under a pseudonym, so that he can so they can talk about their shared experiences being closeted gay people in high school. Yeah. Um, and then it's all about, like, he falls in love with Blue and... But he's, never, but he's never met Blue. Never met Blue. They didn't know. And he wants to know who Blue is. And he's like, I'm ready to come out and I want to meet you, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's all about how it affects his relationship with his friends because there is someone who finds out that Simon is gay and says, unless you help me try and um, get together with one of your friends, I'm going to out you to everybody. And so he basically manipulates his friends so he's got in his group there's him there's Hannah Baker Hannah Baker um there's and then there's kind of uh another boy and a girl I can't remember Nick and I can't remember her name um but anyway so Nick fancies the girl but the guy who finds out Nick uh Simon is gay wants to be with that girl as well so he manipulates them and kind of stops opportunities for his friends getting together because he is scared that this guy's going to out him. And he obviously he wants to do it on his own terms, right? Yeah. Which I'm sure is anyone who's ever had to come out. Um, you know, you don't want anyone else to out you. Yeah. Um, so it's all about the tension between that, how it affects his life and his family. Um, and 
you know, eventually he 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 does get outed by this guy. Um, by Blue? No, by the guy who wants oh. to be with his friend. Why is um, he out him? Because oh, his name, I think his name's Marty. Marty publicly declares his love for this girl. I can't remember her name. I think it's like Alyssa or something. No, it's And not. she basically says she doesn't like him. And she's like, no, I don't like, you know, I don't like you in that way. And so he gets embarrassed and people start taking the mick out of him. So to deflect from him, he leaks all of, because he's got emails from Simon to how's, Blue. How's he got that? Because he went on the computer after Simon in the library and that's how he finds out because oh, Simon shit. didn't log off or something. Wow, and so, so then that's when he blackmails himself. Okay. And so, so he leaks all of Did them two people get together? The two that Simon stopped from getting together? Did they get together? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Nick and I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so to deflect away from the embarrassment of him, he's like, oh, Simon's gay. Um, and, and then, I mean, it all turns out that Simon meets Blue and they get together, right? So, classic kind of love story. Um, this film is important because it's a mainstream LGBT rom-com. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's happened before. I'm sure it'd be inspiring to a lot of teenagers who mm-hmm. are going through something similar. Um, my issue with it is it's far too idealistic that I don't feel that there was any sort of realism to it. I mean, Did I it, was anyone okay. So for me, well, I was, what would, so if well, I said to you a film about a, a closeted gay guy, what would you expect the film to deal with, and how uh, how did people who were gay, closeted gay in our school at our school at secondary, how did they get treated? So I would say that back in the day, kind of get like not. You kind of get left out, or you get like not bullied, but teased a little bit, and oh, bullying um, exactly. Yeah, bullying. yeah, and yeah, it is, isn't it? And um, I'd expect it that as soon as that information came out, that although society has grown up, it's not quite yeah as grown up as we'd like it to be. A lot of people would probably push him away, not talk to him, point the finger, make call him names, all this yeah. stuff. Um, even people close to you probably would be a bit, uh, bit cautious of yeah. you and parents as well. I think that's a big, because I think that's what a lot of kids. I I don't I, I don't think society, the people out there at school. I don't think that's necessarily their biggest. Their biggest, I mean I don't know because I, I'm not in that situation. But I would say that, the opinion of my parents is is quite a big thing. You live with them. Fed you, their political opinions on all these things. Yeah. Uh, so. So basically, when I say it's idealized, like that, as soon the, as it comes the out, first, it fine. the opening narration yeah. is Simon. He goes, "I'm just like you. I my father was the star quarterback and married the valedictorian from his university. Valedictorian's like the yeah, highest, yeah, the highest is high. achieving pupil, right?" Yeah. So they live in this massive fuck-off house in American suburbia yeah. where everything is, like, perfect. Initially, straight away, I was like, there is no way you are like me. Like, yeah. we have quite a good middle-class life, right? Yeah. But there's no way that this is representative of everybody. Yeah. If it was set in, like, a more realistic area of America, like, fine. But this is, like... 
the American dream. Like, no one, whose father was the star quarterback and married the prettiest, most intelligent woman in, in the school? Like, no. Straight away, not realistic. Yeah. And, yeah, and like, so Blue gets outed, but no one knows who Blue is, but mm-hmm. they're like, oh, there's a gay kid. No one cares. Mm-hmm. When Simon gets outed, there are only two kids who bully him and, sh- like, will try to, sh- yeah. and straight away they all get shot down. Which is great, like, I think it's important that it's shown that someone who comes out as gay is normal, because it is normal, they're not yeah. any different from anyone else. Yeah. And, no, they shouldn't get bullied, and, mm. no, they should have the same life they had before, everything like that. But I just feel like... We don't live in an idealistic world not, where no, that's not an idealistic world. And if you are... This film's a 12. If you're... 12 or under or around that age when maybe you're confused about who you are or you think about coming out I don't know whether and again saying this as a heterosexual white person I'm not the target audience for this I can't empathise with it but I feel like there needs to be a little bit more realism because mm. if if a hundred people come out they're all going to have a hundred different experiences and I would imagine that very few of them, if any, would be the same that is de- is depicted in this. Mm. So, for me, whilst it's a good film, an important film, and portrays homosexuality as completely normal, which it is, I just kind of feel like maybe they're doing a disservice by not showing a little bit more of the reality the that and, people yeah. would probably experience. Mm. So I don't know whether that's people might have completely differing opinions but and I know that heterosexual love stories tend to be very idealistic as well Mm. but I kind of feel like as the LGBT narrative is not the norm currently Mm -hmm. that it does need to work a little bit and kind of show oh no (laughs) there's going to be an alternative side to this not everyone's going to be as welcoming um and yeah, I don't know. I just felt that there was a missed opportunity there. But okay, again, so I've I've got, I can't empathise. I've never had to go through this. We can only we can only see it from a third person perspective. Yeah. No. Well, just we can see it from a different perspective, can't we? Because we've seen what's happened to people. We've seen, we've read the news, and we can only imagine what some people go through. And yeah, but also like, I didn't feel like the 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 development of any of the characters was strong enough, like. You again, maybe this is the point, but you, you wouldn't really known that Simon was gay if, unless he'd actually told you because he didn't seem to, you know, like if I guess if you're or a lot of heterosexual teen comedies is all about objectifying women and being mm. like, oh, you know, she, oh, she's really fit, blah blah blah. Yeah. But there was no, there wasn't really, a, you didn't see from him like any kind of attraction to anybody, yeah, like male, female or other. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know whether there should have been more exploration of of how he was having to act as a closeted gay person. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it was just a little bit too idealistic. Okay. But it was a it was it wasn't a bad film. Have you spoke to Obi about this one? No. No, okay. I'd be intri- intrigued to see your dif- your different opinions on it actually. And obviously we should get the opinion of someone who has had to come out or you know. Uh, I mean yeah. I mean, yeah, we should... Well, it'd be interesting to see what they think of the film. Because, obviously, they've been through it, I suppose. 
Yeah, so. and obviously it is important, and, and there is no, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have an ideal version because you get unattractive, geeky, horrible blokes, you know, ending up with their ideal woman in rom coms. True. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting though. It's, um, what would you rate it out of 10? Six and a half, potentially. I didn't find it that funny either. The funniest part was in the trailer, which is when he says, and again, it's another good point, why is straight always the default? And then there's a, a kind of jokey scene where all the characters go to their parents, Mum, I'm straight. Yeah. And they're all going, good Lord, like, yeah. you're trying to kill me sort of thing. So that was funny, but that was in the trailer. So mm. kind of... I mean, the only reason I think people go to that default is because... It's the way of reproduction, isn't it? So that's why it's the default mentality of people. Yeah. Although you can now reproduce artificially, can't you? Yeah, but you still need the... You still need a sperm and a egg. Yeah. But that, you know, you could have a sperm from a gay man and an egg from a lesbian woman. True. True, true, true. But yeah. Anyway, what have you been watching? Oh, that's a very good question. I watched Baby Driver. My favourite film of last year. Oh, yes. It's a very good film. You've seen it before, though, right? Yeah, I saw it Screen Unseen. Got it on DVD. Um, Yeah, it's a a really good film. Uh, Again, I'm still not a fan of the ending, regardless if it's a dream or not. It's just unnecessary. Um, Did your interpretation of the ending change on second or third viewing? Yeah, because I'm almost of the opinion that he he was... subject to a lot of prison time and regardless of how good you are he wouldn't have been out for at least five years and he didn't age a day um so you think it's like a dream i've i'm the opinion it's it must be a dream and whether that girl would have waited i mean the story itself's a bit out it's out there anyway but the fact that this girl's willing to follow him after what she what he's done um it's questionable. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. But uh, yeah, no, it's a really good film. Sound the music's in it's good. Um, I like the extra characters they have in it, especially um, John Ham. Ham. I think he plays fantastic in it. Actually, he's a. Re- I think he's a really good actor. Actually, um, he. Uh, the way he switches his character, he's like so calm, cool and collected, and as soon as he's wife gets killed he's just like this mad tyrant willing to do whatever and then mm. the way he dies is pretty epic as well I say to be fair actually the way Kevin Spacey dies is pretty brutal it's a run over yeah um, it's quite some quite gory inventive deaths especially Jamie Foxx's character yeah I, I mean I, there's parts of the film I'm rewatching. I'm like was it necessary to have this part? Like, so like the way he takes, he records everything and he makes a mixtape of it. Like, really? Like, you have quite a lot of money. Like, that's really what you're gonna do with it. Like, it just seems like a really stupid thing that he's he's done. Right. Like, and I, I, he he doesn't seem like a stupid character. He seems intelligent. He knows. I mean, it, no, he's not though, is he? Because he must have known that he wouldn't have been let go of after he'd done. Yeah. And. Maybe that's his collateral. It's just his naivety, really. And then the naivety of having the tapes and doing the funny things he does with it. It's just... Really? 
and then just, I don't know it's just it was odd that's the, the only odd parts of it but it's a very good film um, it'll it'll become a classic I'm sure um, or will it now actually because of um, Spacey I don't know uh, that's the I think, sadness of it yeah um, again you were right there was no need for uh, John no who's the guy who plays in Walking Dead and Punisher oh John Bernthal who did I say before did we talk about John Bernthal no we were talking about John Hamm yeah John, Bo- John Bernthal just didn't even need to be in there no he was literally the most unnecessary character yeah and he made such a big deal in his scene that I was just like really but <laughs> Yeah, no, interesting film, good film, recommend film. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Um, yeah, that's all I can say about it, really. Um, we spoke about it quite in depth in previous podcasts, so probably best not to um, go into it too much. But I can spin off, but not segue, into a series of unfortunate events. Season two. Right. Um. So, you watched season one? I watched, like... Two episodes. So season one's pretty much the identical... It's like the film, but stretch out across yeah. episodes. Bar the last mm, two episodes, because I think two episodes is a different Yeah, one story. is two episodes, isn't it, essentially, right? Oh, is it? Is that what it is? I think so. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense, because it's a different place in each one. Now, as far as I'm aware... I only have five of them. As far as I'm aware, there's 13 books. Yeah. So that would mean that there's going to be 26 episodes. Yeah, you'd assume. But I'm of the opinion that we've already hit 26 episodes with two seasons, and it definitely hasn't finished. Oh, maybe they extend. Maybe there is more books, actually. No, there's 13 books. Is it? There is. Yeah. But maybe they're doing more than... So so I've, I have never run past book number five. Oh, okay. So I'm... You're in uncharted territory. Yeah. And I've watched the film, and that's the one that sticks in my head more than books, personally. Um, I'm not a big book reader, so... Um, so they've gone past the films. It's... Same old crap. <laughs> Violet... So, Count can, Olaf in the disguise. Yeah, and no one clocks on its Count Olaf but the kids. We've got a stupid bankos everywhere but doesn't realise it's Count Olaf. You've got this secret society that are rubbish at keeping their secret away from Olaf, and they seem to all just die... Um, these kids seem to get themselves in the most unfortunate events and never seem to learn from their lesson uh, again there's a scene where oh, that sound is awful Count Olaf steals Count Olaf so the kids get adopted by this rich woman and this fairly rich man they're together the woman used to be a student of Count Olaf is in love with Count Olaf and the kid's going to live a happy life, but Count Olaf turns up, and then you find out that the woman and Count Olaf are working together. She's stinking rich. So why does Count Olaf want to take the kids? Yeah. And she makes that point. She's like, well, I've got loads of money. He's like, doesn't matter. It's like, what? what? What is going on here? Isn't it something to do with that VFD or something? Oh, um, VFD. Um... Does it change the, the acronym... The meaning of the acronym changes for, like, every book. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because so, that's... I'm pretty sure... Because I read all of them. And I'm pretty sure they never actually explain. That's... I think there's a lot that's left unexplained. At the oh, end really? Because um, the most recent one is it's Volunteer Fire Department. Um, which is ironic because all the houses burnt down, don't they? So, um, have you read all the books then? 
Mm. I mean, it was years ago. Does it have a like an ending? I know it has lots of stuff untold. Well, the thirteenth book is called The End. I think. Okay, so but, I don't know if you'd be able to remember vaguely what book this is. Spoiler alert: the ending of this episode is that they're in a circus. These two, the two kids, have dressed up as um, conjoined twins or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And then the baby's. I don't know what that baby is. Catalyst taking the baby in the car with all his people. They're in the back trailer. Catalyst cuts the trailer and the kids are about to just go off a cliff or they've gone off a cliff in this thing. Right. Is that in the books? Rings a bell. Yeah. I think it's one of the later ones. But the one I remember, I think so the penultimate or the last book is that something to do with uh, poisonous mushrooms. And Sonny, the baby, eats them or something. And it gets really ill or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm. it probably had a bleak ending because yeah. <laughs> it's a very bleak, bleak yeah. film. Because at the um, moment, they're not sure whether one of their parents or both their parents are still alive. Um, I can't remember. So it's right. Ago. I'd rather just not know, to be honest, because it'll probably be only a year before the next series comes out. Are you going to watch it, even though you don't seem to have enjoyed it? No, but it's just... It's like... It's the same thing. Over and over again, I go to this new place. They're like, "This is good," or "This is really bad." Trying, they like their life, or they're trying to get out of a situation. Count on Earth turns up. Some people know it's Count on Earth. Some people don't. Regardless if they do, regardless if they don't, Count on Earth wins in that scenario or that event. And then, then he then he goes away, and then they're like, "Oh, we've got to move to another place." And then he's there again. It's all he's always beating them to the punch. And it's always Sunny bites something into shape for them. Violet ties a knot, figures out a plan, and I can't remember the other kid's name. He he has the smarts of what he read in the library, and it can it's helpful towards them. Mm. And it's just like really, and then you have got the voiceover of Lemony Snicket, and you're like, are you dead? Are you alive? When are you gonna come and help out if you're alive? His brother's dead now. The woman they recruited just died. The two people who have been there from the very beginning are still there, and they—it's just ah, oh, and it's, it's just too repetitive. Yeah, and it's just like. But oh, then they're, they're restricted oh. by the books in that sense. Like they can't really deviate too much from the books. No, but the books are always like that. Then. There's a formulaicness to them. I just can't remember them. Yeah. They're just quite, very very bleak. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in, in just, a child friendly way. Yeah, I mean, if someone likes them. Watch the film, the TV series. I'm sure they replicate it very well. But I'm just like, uh, I'm bored. But I'm the type of person who's like, I've started the series, I'm going to finish it. And but... this does, this should have a finite ending, right? Mm. It's not going to be one of those series which could potentially just go on and on and on and on. Mm. Like a lot of them tend to do. This should be, if you've already think you're covered past book like eight or nine yeah. or whatever, then the last, next series should, should be, be last. last yeah. I'll be curious actually after this podcast I'll um have a look and see what the plans are. But yeah, I remember the film film when it came out a few years ago. That that took up like three of the books, didn't it? Yeah. It was just like, oh, okay. I'm not sure if I think Neil Patrick Harris does a oh gosh, sorry. It does a better job than uh, Jim Carrey actually. Yeah, I don't know. There's a certain eccentricity to Jim Carrey that probably lends itself quite well. Yeah. But I can just imagine the over-the-top theatricalness of it getting a bit grating, which I think is probably why I stopped watching it. It just looks so fake. Like, so, in one of the towns, 
they've got all these rules and they're not allowed to like do certain things. And the person they've been left with has built this mobile flying home with massive balloons and it's got like an area of everything in it that the town wanted to get rid of. He's kept it. And then at the end of the episode, they go to save their two friends and the two friends go up in the balloon and they just let the they just tell them to go because the balloon will come down if the person keeps shooting. It's like, oh, that was anticlimactic. Like, you, you know what's coming though? That's the problem. Like... Yeah. It's, and they're also stupid. And there's so many things left on... Like, so, so at the moment, there's a mark, there's an eye mark on um, Carolus' ankle. And it was on... Uh, not Lemon... John Snicket's ankle as well. Uh, no real explanation to us <laughs> of what that is. The telescope, really, we don't really know what that is either. We know some part of it, but we don't really know the full extent of what it means. It's just a secret society symbol. There was a book... That told, had all this information of what happened in the secret society, yet the, these kids have never been able to read it. They've read a page or two of it now. Uh, there was a whole DVD that they didn't get to watch. Countless now destroyed everything that this lady had. Why this lady took it to a circus, I don't know. But <laughs> it's just like, and then now we know there's a butterfly woman to do with Countless. Don't really know anything about her. There was secret passages from. The kids' houses to somewhere else. Again, not really elaborated anymore. It's just like, come on, man. Give me something. Like, I've watched... How, what is it? Ten episodes each thing. So, I've watched 20 episodes now. Like, give me something. Yeah. There's 13 to 15 books. You've got one more series left. I don't remember it having a wholly satisfying oh, conclusion. Oh, that's going to piss me But off. I did read them. Probably like a decade ago, so... Yeah, we're so old now. So old. Well, I'm just going to talk about... So, over Easter, I thought I would watch The Passion for Christ. Yeah. Very, it's uh... very topical. Uh, well, Easter was several weeks ago now, but um, I'd never seen it before, and I thought it was one of those films which is quite controversial. Yeah, everyone says to watch it, don't they? I thought, oh, fuck it, I'll watch it. Um, yeah. I kind of know the story fairly well. Well, no, not fairly well. I know the basic premise of what happens to Jesus. Yeah. Um, but I guess to see it on the screen is something different. So, yeah, it follows him from like a couple of days before his crucifixion mm-hmm. up until when he's betrayed by Judas mm-hmm. through his trial by the Romans and mm-hmm. the Jews. Very graphic as well, isn't and it? And then to his crucifixion and subsequent resurrection. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. This one's fucking brutal. Yeah. People say... I mean, this film's just... It's just two hours long. People say 100 minutes of the 120 is all violence. It's... It's not really. Not really. But there are some extended scenes of proper brutal violence. There's the one where... Like, they're whipping him Mm -hmm. with whips. And the whips have got, like, pieces of metal on. Have you seen it? Yeah. Uh, And that went on for, like ages and I was sitting there, I was like when's this going to fucking end like, yeah. like it wasn't because it was hard for me to watch it was because I was just like this is enough yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then and, and you know that's kind of similar throughout the whole film you kind of when then banging the nails into his palms and his feet and mm. you're like I can't just you're, it kind Don't of like gl- not glorifying it um, it was a bit gratuitous which upon reflection is probably the point because obviously, 
you know, if you're a religious person, then you think, okay, well, Jesus has suffered. Yeah. And the reason that he died was for our sins and we're constantly sinning and suffering. So therefore we should, why should we have to cut away from that violence? It's probably making, supposed to make you feel uncomfortable to try and give you a touch of what it was like. Like, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was a bit, it's fucking, even whether you believe in it or not, it was just like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just like, (laughs) blimey. Again, like you're talking about Pressing films, just oh, like, no. God. it does feel a lot longer than two hours as well. I feel yeah, like, it, wasn't, it wasn't even that like interesting. Like, no, I I don't think it was a very good film. Like I should probably shouldn't have to be a good film, no. but it's like, just it's just a historical film, isn't it? Really, it's just telling a story. Yeah, and showing it's that just, it's not as lighthearted as maybe the people believe the Bible presents it. There's just a lot of characters who were just there on the periphery and did really not a lot. Like even Mary, Mary Magdalene, and did they delve into the fact that some people believe that Mary, Mag- Mary, one of the Magdalene. Marys, and Jesus had a relationship? No, no. It shows there was an important figure, but yeah. no, there's nothing quite as okay. controversial as that. But I mean, it's interesting that they filmed it all in Aramaic and Greek or Rome, um, Hebrew maybe. So that was an interesting choice. Yeah. You know, there's obviously a lot of commitment went into this. Yeah. I mean, as a piece of, I don't really want to say entertainment, because it's kind of weird if you're entertained by something that graphic and horrible, but as a piece of cinema, I just don't think it was particularly good. Oh, that's interesting though. Anything else you want to mention before we wrap up? Uh, Not that I can think of. Uh... I think that's making about everything I wrote down. Well, Most of it. I don't really need to talk about Minehorn again. Um, and. Nah, I'm good. I think hour and a half or two man sesh. Two man sesh. Not too bad. Um, give me your. Give me your worst three Marvel films. Off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, Thor 1... No, Thor 2. Uh, so I can't remember what my MCU ranking was, but Hulk, Thor 2, and... I think I might have put Thor 1, but I think I probably... Um, I've only seen it once, but I am tempted to agree that Doctor Strange, Strange is yeah. not good. I think I'd put it down there as well, actually. Now I've watched it again recently. Uh, not, not watched it again, um... Thought about it. I think I think I would put it down there. Um, Hulk and probably. I can't like the four films, so probably Iron Man. Three. Fair play. Yeah. We will do a re-ranking. Um, once we've seen Infinity War. And we're going to do our top 20 actual films. Yeah, well. top 20 films for our 50th uh, celebration. Um, so so get, get tweeting, um, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and SoundCloud and Instagram. Um, and then get involved, uh, tweet us anything that you want us to discuss, films, topics, anything like that. If you agree or disagree with any of our reviews, uh, mm. please do let us know. We'd like to hear from you. Um, you can tweet us at YSE Podcast 17 and we're on Facebook, Instagram 
iTunes and SoundCloud under Your Average Critics. Uh, join in next week, which will be our 50th episode, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll, have all our- hopefully we'll all be here, apart from Ollie, who's still jet-setting around the world. Ooh,